0: This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Biomega Fish Oil from Biotics Research. For over 40 years, Biotics Research has been providing the highest quality supplements, surpassing industry standards. Biomega Fish Oil contains therapeutic doses of vital omega-3s in the triglyceride form, which is highly bioavailable. Biotics Research ensures maximum purity and freshness by managing their fish oils from catch to capsule, verified by rigorous independent testing. For more information, go to drhoffman.com/slash/biotics research. That's drhoffman.com/slash/biotics research for Biomega Fish Oil. Welcome to today's. Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest today is Nathan Jones. He's CEO and founder of Clear Inc. And uh, I have to say, uh, Nate, you, you've done uh, more show prep for this show than I have ever done for virtually any episode. They're, it's just going to be packed with information and uh, hot off the presses, uh, dispatches uh, about um, uh, some of the new things. That relate to respiratory and uh, oral health uh, with great relevance, uh, in fact, for our current pandemic, because, you know, the story that dominates the health news these days is, of course, COVID-19. So uh, uh, welcome. uh, uh, Just uh, to remind you, uh, Nate is a CEO and founder of Clear Inc. That's X-L-E-A-R, makers of uh, xylitol based products. Uh, including the Spry Dental Defense System, that's for your teeth and gums, uh, and also uh, the products that uh, are helpful for the respiratory tract, uh, clear nasal spray, that entire line. Uh, so, uh, you know, first of all, you, you have some, some hot-up-the-presses news uh, that relates to um, Dominican Republic. Do you want to share that with our listeners?
1: Well, <clears throat> we've been trying to get the, uh, the FDA to give us some emergency use authorization so that we can actually go out and share more of the science behind what our nasal sprays do. But today, we actually got noticed that the Dominican Republic is the first country to actually let us go ahead with that.
0: Well, that's so we're, we're
1: actually pretty excited. And, and I'll probably be going down there next week. To, to hammer out how to, to go in there and do it, because what they're suggesting is that they want to, that the government wants to actually start implementing a, a xylitol program with the kids that are in schools.
0: So, so what's the pitch there? Uh You know, one of the things that uh, I always emphasize in relationship to the pandemic is in all of the above approach. You know, we're all for, you know, okay, masking, or appropriate, social distancing. Uh, let's roll out the vaccines. Let's make them available to whoever wants them and whoever is at high risk. Uh, but we also need to support people's nutrition. Uh, exercise is important, uh, dealing with stress, the lockdown uh, causing lots of loneliness and isolation isn't helping people's immune systems. Uh, but there's an element of this that relates to uh, oral and respiratory health that we're going to explore uh, today. And so, I guess the uh, Dominican Republic um, project involves uh, utilizing some of these tools, right?
1: Correct. And 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 we're, why the Dominican Republic is because you know we. So the, the back story to it is 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 you know that if if people are not familiar with our products is our number one selling product is actually a nasal spray that has xylitol in it. It has grapefruit seed extract in it and salt and water. And, and it's really, it was originally invented because my dad who was a physician um, started reading all these studies about, and this is back in the nineties about how xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion. And so he had a bunch of kids that had ear infections. And so he started using it in a nasal spray. So so we've known for decades that xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion, and we've been on the market. I mean, you can get it at CVS and Walgreens and pretty much every other retail outlet in the country. Vitamin
0: Shop, Target, um, Sprouts, <clears throat> uh, Natural Products, yeah, retailers, uh, Amazon, etc.
1: All, all of those. I mean, it's 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 available everywhere to anybody that wants it. Um, when this when this pandemic started hitting, you know, it's a virus. We didn't. We thought nothing of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But because, I mean, because you we demonstrated actually, the efficacy against bacteria, but it's, it's kind of a leap <coughs> to suggest that there could be some applicability to the, the current pandemic, which is a viral pandemic.
1: Correct. So we really didn't think anything about it, but, but we were, we were actually meeting with the FDA in February of last year to discuss an allergy medication that we were looking at doing. And, and, uh, you know, Doctor Ferrer, who who does a lot of work with us, he just he just said, "Hey, you know, to the FDA, he said, hey, you guys should look at using a nasal spray because this is an upper respiratory mm-hmm. virus.'" He's it, he's a pulmonary physician,
0: so this is his his oh, uh, yeah. right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I
1: probably I probably should have put that in there. Yep. Yeah, But he's so he's a pulmonologist, and he and he just pointed out, he goes, "We already know that ninety percent of the viral load of this particular coronavirus resides in the upper airway." And we also know that chlorpheniramine, which is what we were looking at, um, also has a has a very good solid you know body of science behind how it affects other coronaviruses, not necessarily this one, but other viruses, and you know like the flu and, and other coronaviruses. And you know, and the FDA said, hey, well then you guys can withdraw your, your, your work with allergies and, and resubmit it with with the virus. And we just thought nothing of it. Mm-hmm. And then we sent our, good, our nasal good luck spray with up that, to get tested. I mean,
0: good luck with that in the United States.
1: No, yeah. <clears throat> no, I I agree. I've learned a lot, and I just have lost a lot of confidence in our public health officials and our government regulatory bodies. But mm-hmm. but we sent our nasal spray up to one of the best virology labs in the country, and what came back actually kind of it really just surprised us. But our nasal spray just. Destroy the virus to the same effect as a seventy percent solution of alcohol. The mm-hmm. very same nasal spray that we've been selling for twenty years,
0: w- without the chlorpheneph the chlor, <clears throat> the, without the the decongestant with, component,
1: without well it's an, it's an antihistamine but without that antihistamine oh,
0: oh without that antihistamine I'm sorry yeah that category of medication yeah. that's used a lot in over the counter nasal sprays by the way so um, I, your thought was to combine xylitol with the the uh, nasal antihistamine with- and, and get a kind of a double uh, benefit correct right
1: correct and 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 uh so when we figured that out, we sent all that information into the fDA and this is last may, April, may, and the fDA just responded with kind of a a form letter and just said yeah we don't think that what you 're looking at has any merit,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: we're not going to pursue it any further mm-hmm. And so we like, well, whatever. maybe you and should then, have borrowed a letterhead a from of- uh,
0: GlaxoSmithKline or from Pfizer or from uh, <laughs> Moderna. You know, then that, that might have gotten their attention.
1: No, it probably would have. But, but then a paper was published that came out of the University of Tennessee that we had nothing to do with that actually showed that xylitol blocks viral adhesion of okay. the SARS-CoV-2 virus.
0: Okay, so that's an important distinction. It doesn't, like, kill the viruses. It's not like a a virus zapper, but it it may do something to make it less likely that the virus can attach and invade the mucosa, and that appears to be the portal of entry for uh, the virus into the body.
1: Correct. So, at that point, we said, well, so what we have here now is we have xylitol that we know blocks the adhesion of the virus, and we have the grapefruit seed extract, which is what, you know, after a number of studies, we figured it out, but it was a grapefruit seed extract that was destroying the virus. And so we actually, last July, we, we submitted a study protocol to test this out on humans. You know, it's a nasal spray. It's been on the market for 20 years. It's completely safe. The 90% of the viral load is in the nose. So we so we submitted this study protocol with Dr. Ferrer and the research hospitals down in Florida waited a month and a a week, and the FDA came back and said, no, we're not going to approve you to do this study in humans because we at the FDA do not approve studies for cosmetics for drug purposes.
0: Hmm. It's almost like you're you're, you're a victim of your own success there because if it's efficacious for a disease, it can't be a cosmetic, right? And then it goes into a whole different category, uh, which is much more regulated and subject to testing requirements that may cost, you know, tens of perhaps hundreds of millions well, of dollars.
1: And the problem, the problem, the bigger problem is is that the way our regulatory system is set up, you, you, we, we could do all the studies in the world and show that our, I mean, it doesn't. We don't have any studies showing this. I'm going to cut But if you could show that using our nasal spray through a thousand studies with a thousand people each, would cure cancer or cure COVID or cure every illness, we would never be able to make that claim mm-hmm. in the United States because in the United States, you cannot have a food that, act as a, that acts as a drug.
0: Mm, yeah. And
1: xylitol is classified as a food. Yeah. Well, and, that's, I- and that's a tragedy. We have In, in other countries, you have those categories. And so in Canada, we can put claims on our packaging. In, in Europe, we can put, you know, use our nasal spray, and it's going to reduce upper respiratory infection. You know, in other countries, we can put all these claims in our packaging. But here in the U.S., you, you can't do that. Hmm. And that's what the FDA came back and said is, you know, we don't allow human studies to be done with cosmetics if you're trying to show that it has a drug action.
0: There's also, and, uh, excuse me, uh, Nate, there's also some interesting information out of uh, the Philippines um, a recent study uh, looking at um, uh, the way that COVID appears to enter the body, uh, they say that uh, – am I looking at the right study here? Uh, it's a study. Well, it's,
1: well what, you're, what you're referring to is the, the Philippines. It's not really that it's a study, but the I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the, it's the Philippine American Academy of Science. But they're the, the Philippine scientific group of, you know, their doctors and their science people in the Philippines. They actually wrote an open letter to their government requesting that their government start adding the use of nasal sprays and nasal um, antiviral and virucidal nasal swabs mm-hmm. um, to, their, to their recommended protocols to prevent COVID. And, and the reason for that, they were actually referring to iodine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? And there's a number of studies out there and a number of papers yeah, out I, there. I've seen some of them. Are very that, plausible,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, showing that iodine, you know, I mean, really, there was an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association that pointed it out, and there's a bunch of other studies that echo, and, and researchers that echo the sentiment and the statement that anything we can do to lessen the viral load in the upper airway Is going to lessen the severity of the symptoms and reduce the spread of a virus Mm -hmm. or a bacteria or anything else.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know, personally, what I do, and you know, maybe it's ritual or superstition, but uh, you know, occasionally I have to make a foray into the outer world. I I leave my airlock uh, and go out into uh, society here in New York, where you know, a lot of people walking around with masks. A lot of people haven't even left their apartments for months. Uh, I got called for jury duty the other day, isn't that weird? Uh, and you had to appear. So I go down there, you know, to take public transportation. I walked into a jury room with about a 100 people. Now they were, you know, separated. We had social distancing. You couldn't sit in every chair. But, you know, there was a lot of exposure down there. What are the chances that someone might be a carrier? You know, when I was masked and, you know, did appropriate precautions. But I'll tell you, you know, after each and every time I go out for something like that, I also had to go to the dentist. I broke a filling. I went to go in the subways and, you know, walk around downtown. Uh, when in a dental office, every time I come back I always I always use uh, clear nasal spray on the theory that you know merely being exposed to the virus does not necessarily mean it's going to take hold of you, that if you can uh, wash it away or rinse it away or prevent it from adhering, uh, you may have a chance at beating an infection. am I Am I wrong there?
1: No that's that's the, the whole concept behind. Uh, you know what the what what we've been talking about for twenty years. It, it's That's not cure. It's
0: prophylaxis. Hurt. It's prophylaxis in in effect, right? I,
1: exactly. I mean you you have a you have a a a section of your airway where if if your airway is working correctly, and I'm talking about like the first four inches of it in your nose down to the back of your throat. Maybe it's I don't know, depending on the size of your head, four mm-hmm. to six inches. Um, and, and this is something that, that was really amazing to me is what do you think the air velocity is as you're breathing in the air in that little two inch space in the middle of your upper airway?
0: Well, I don't know about a, two miles per hour. 80. Okay. That's a jet stream. And I,
1: I, <laughs> and I was, I was completely blown away when I learned that. And I said, there's no way this is true, but it is. And yeah. you have these valves at the top of your nares, your out, outer part of your nose, that they constrict and, and, and get bigger to, to make that. And it's kind of like a, a carburetor. what do they call that? the ventri- It's not ventricular. It's mm-hmm. the, but it, but it, so it speeds up the air. And the reason for that is because when it speeds up the air and you have the turbulence, it it throws that air. And so it's actually throwing all of the particulates, the bacteria, the viruses, the dander pollen. Dirt, dust, all of this stuff, it's throwing all of that out of the air to stick into the mucus that's lining that area.
0: And, and there are what are called turbinates, which are, you know, sort of uh, to call a labyrinth, the twists and turns, which actually yeah. have the purpose of of entrapping uh and preventing some of the stuff from having a direct uh, pathway into your lungs.
1: It's exactly what they do. And so you have an area right there that if it's working correctly, that you could go and put antiviral products, virucidal products, antibacterial products, you know, bactericidal products. If you're not harming the mucosa, the underlying mucosa, and the products aren't dangerous to the person, you have a phenomenal location to actually be doing more to keep your airway healthy. And people sit there and they think, well, that's crazy. Why would I do that? And my answer is, well, do you brush your teeth? Why do you brush your teeth? It's called hygiene. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're doing the same thing. When you use mouthwash, what are you doing? You're doing exactly the same thing that we're suggesting you should do in your nose.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, however, mouthwash it's, its not the best analogy because mouthwash is laden with chemicals and uh, destroys your well, microbiome and ours. actually exerts harmful effects. You, you you do not have a, mine, a xylitol not based. the ones we sell. You have a the Spry Dental uh, mouthwash. It's a ma- moisturizer as well, right?
1: Correct. And and so we have a bunch of you know we have so so it's a very it's a very good comparison because we agree with you and you know hundred percent agree that when you're using broad spectrum virucidal or or antibacterial or mm-hmm. or bactericidal mouthwashes, that's not good because there's a lot of good bacteria that live in your mouth and that live in your nose. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with a single good virus that lives Mm -hmm. in either one of those places. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so the same concept is if you, if you think that brushing your teeth is normal and a healthy part of, you know, staying healthy or a good solid part of staying healthy, you probably should also be washing your nose like that.
0: Well, you know, apropos of, uh, oral, uh, health, uh, you sent me an article which just blows my mind. I'm going to uh, share it with our listeners, uh, during my weekend program. Uh, it's amazing. It's from the European Federation of Periodontology, uh, well respected, uh, professional group. Headline, gum disease linked to COVID-19 complications. And whoa it says those with gum disease were 3.5 times more likely to be admitted to intensive care 4.5 times more likely to need a ventilator and almost nine times more likely to die compared to those without gum disease. So, boy, this this really underscores uh, the importance of oral health, uh, with a direct impact on, on coronavirus morbidity. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, we were, we were, uh, I I read that and and that's actually the second paper. Like when the first paper came out, um, I was like, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that. But when the second paper comes out, you know, you got to start thinking about it. And, and that is a topic that we at clear and, and you know, that we talk about and we have is the, the oral systemic connection. And if you have a lot of inflammation in your mouth, it makes it much easier for bacteria and viruses to actually just directly enter the bloodstream. And, and what that means for, for this disease specifically is, you know, normally the normal route of infectivity for, for the SARS COVID virus is it comes in through your nose and it hooks up to the ACE2 receptor sites. There's a great mm-hmm. paper out of the University of North Carolina that showed that. Um, but if, if you have a lot of inflammation in your mouth or in your upper airway, what happens, and, and, and I'm trying to remember who explained it to me, but it was a really, really good visual mm-hmm. of what, why inflammation matters. And, and if you take a bunch of beach balls and you fill them half full of air mm-hmm. and you make a wall out of them, you can make a pretty per, uh, impermeable barrier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, and, and as long as it's being held in place, it, it's a pretty solid barrier. And Mm -hmm. that's really what our skin and our epithelium in our mouth and in our whole body does. Mm
0: -hmm. In other words, it's it's not like a a sheet of uh, cellophane. It's like little little pieces of mortar, like I say, with deflated beach balls, tissue, which actually have gaps. But, you know, the the object of uh, a well-functioning system is to allow the passage, the ingress of good things, but to prevent the ingress of bad things
1: of bad things. But, and so if you have inflammation now picture, if you have those beach balls, all of them just blown up full tight, you know, inflamed as full as you can inflame them. Mm -hmm. And then you try making a wall out of it. You have huge gaping holes all through that wall Mm -hmm. and the bacteria and the viruses that are way smaller than our tissue. They just start flowing right through there. Mm. And so if you have inflammation in your mouth, You're allowing the viruses and the bacteria just to go straight from your mouth right into your bloodstream. And that's why you get those higher numbers.
0: Well, so, I mean, you know, we all the right things, you know, eat a good diet, don't have a lot of sugar, you know, floss, brush your teeth. Where does xylitol come in when it comes to periodontal disease? Do we have any demonstration that uh, spry dental defense products, you know, the toothpaste, which I use, and the mouthwash and the pastilles and all the various dosage forms of that uh, can have an impact on preventing periodontal disease.
1: Oh, yeah, they, 100% there is. There's, there's a number of studies on those showing that that's the case. And, and the thing is, is that if you're eating a decent diet and you're brushing your teeth and, and using a mouthwash that's not, that, that, you know, you mentioned some of the early ones earlier, if you're using a mouthwash that isn't a bactericidal, you know, if you're using a mouthwash that whose, whose marketing claim is we kill 99.9 percent of the bacteria in two minutes, mm. well, that's not good because you're killing all the good bacteria yeah. that you need. Because a lot of the bacteria that start the digestion of your food live in your mouth, and so you don't want to kill mm. them.
0: In addition, if you're, you're using making a nitric nice- oxide. I mean, there's actually some evidence by using mouthwash, you can deplete your nitric oxide, which relies on conversion through your oral microbiome. And if your oral microbiome is suppressed, you won't make that conversion and you could get high blood pressure. Mouthwash can lead to high blood pressure. How crazy is that?
1: Yeah. It's yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so, so yeah, using xylitol, I mean now, you know, whether or not they're talking about our products, but now more than ever, dental care providers, dentists, hygienists, they should be telling their patients to use xylitol. I mean, there's there's so many more benefits to it that that it's it's kind of ridiculous that our that our CDC and our and our government aren't pushing xylitol more in our public health, in the, you know, in the public health uh, forums. But well, they're not. They're just sticking with. Washing your hands and wearing a mask.
0: You know, and it, look, and I think that uh, that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of mistrust of the government. And, you know, not that it's it's unwarranted that they recommend that we have social distancing and wear masks and, you know, get the vaccine. But uh, yeah. on so many issues, uh, issues of great importance to our health, uh, you know, they've made the wrong calls. So what we need is we need a, a green grass movement, you know, to uh, take our health In our own hands, and you know, okay, government idiots are one way to implement uh, healthy behaviors, but I think it's uh, incumbent on us uh, to do our due diligence to find out about strategies such as you're pointing out. All right, we got lots more to talk about in part two. Uh, You know, we've we've covered some of the studies that you wanted to share with our listeners today, uh, but there's more to come uh, on today's program. We're talking oral health. We're talking uh, respiratory health. uh, with the CEO and founder of Clear Inc. That's a little tricky because it's spelled X-L-E-A-R. Uh, you can find out more about them at uh, www.xlear.com. Get a complete list of retailers. I think you can order direct there as well. Uh, our guest uh, is Nathan Jones. And Nate, hang in there. We'll be right back with more revelations on the subject of the benefits of protecting your oral microbiome, uh, as well as uh, your oropharyngeal health. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.